So we're uh, moving forward with our 2023 NFL Divisional Preview Series. And one thing that's kind of nice about doing every division separately instead of combining them together, it gives us more guests. We've had some very frequent guests, guys that we have on all the time. And we had a first-time guest. And now we have someone who has been on, but it's been a while. It's been two years since the, the 2021 edition of the preview that we've had of. And that's my brother, Cam Novotny. Welcome back, finally. Thank you. Glad we, uh, well, glad I made time for it this year. <laughs> um, took last year off, but you know, uh, he was on it when Ben was still doing the podcast. Yeah, uh, no, he he was also a, a guest. No, he was point. gone. Oh, he by was then. a guest. Oh, okay. Yeah, I we did yeah. a draft. He, he became a guest okay. by then. Yeah, that was yeah. So this is your, I think your fourth, maybe fifth appearance now on the podcast. Most of them came during the pandemic in 2020. Uh, we were able to bring you on just when we we're looking for th- random things to do. Um, I I love those draft ones we did. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was fun, but also like they were so bad just compared to what actually <laughs> happened. We had so many trades. We we're like, oh yeah, they don't know how to See, use Zoom in the NFL. <laughs> it was it was so fun and so bad at the same time. Uh-huh. I mean, it gave us something to do that. on a Saturday in April 2020 at the very least. So uh, I I could I I've never been more pumped for. It. A draft than the COVID draft. <laughs> just watching people just sit on their couch waiting for the call. Yeah, I mean that was literally the first sporting event. Like that was like a major. Oh, I was so event. desperate for any sort of entertainment, and that uh, was my first form of real entertainment for me personally. When the since the pandemic started that it, year, it was a good year for it too. And yeah, I, I think that coming on here and doing our draft made it more exciting. Even though you're right, we were horribly inaccurate. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, we have. What are you talking about? I had. What are you talking about? I had Joe Burrow at (laughs) number one to the Cincinnati Bengals. Sharp, sharp. Yeah. And speaking of. Yes, speaking of, we're talking about the AFC North, and that's uh, an interesting one for Cam. So last time we had him on AFC South and NFC South because you're a Texans fan. Uh, But we give gave you like a decent amount of divisions to choose from. You picked the AFC North, and I guess if you want to kind of comment on your reasoning for that before we jump in here, I think it just has the most to talk about. Um, I don't want to you know spoil anything, but I think every team has you know varying question marks and could end up you know I don't think the number one is obvious. I definitely don't think the number four is obvious. Um, I think there's a lot of movement and there's a lot to talk about. It, it's a fun division, and it, it's one where I, I come at it as a fan, uh, you know, despite Cam and I being brothers, my dad being, our dad being a Steelers fan, Cam has not really adopted them, so he will have kind of a neutral perspective um, on them and, of course, the other teams, so it should be an interesting division to talk about, uh, but, of course, let's talk about Joe Burrow's Bengals to get things started. Past two seasons, they have won the AFC North after being one of the bottom teams in this division for a few years at the end of the Andy Dalton era. Uh, but Joe Burrow is absolutely splashed onto the scene, taking them to the Super Bowl in 2021, AFC Championship game last year. And a lot of people consider the AFC North one of the stronger divisions in the entire NFL, believe that the other three teams have very much a shot of competing, but the Bengals are still considered the favorites in this division. And I think a question that we asked about the Bills uh, in a different episode, we're also going to ask here for the Bengals, are they still the clear favorites in what should be a a pretty loaded AFC North? I'm going to go with a very similar answer to what we did with the AFC East with, with the Bills, where I think the Bengals should be the favorites, and they're personally my pick for this division. But to say they're the clear winners, I think would be wrong. Now, when it comes to the Bills, who do I think has a bigger gap, the Bengals in their division or the Bills in theirs? I would say the Bengals. Uh, I just think their offense is so loaded, and there's still going to be a lot of continuity continuity with that offense there aren't really a ton of losses really it's still the same core with Burrow and Chase Higgins Boyd and and Mixon and their offensive line has always been kind of an issue but I do think that it's going to improve a little bit this year and maybe even a lot with especially with the addition of Orlando Brown Jr. who they signed in free agency uh, from Kansas City and I think that could really help out Joe Burrow's blind side and defensively I'm not as high on them as I am offensively which majority people very high majority people would agree with but 
there are things to like about their defense. Uh, like Trey Hendrickson is a top 10 edge rusher, in my opinion, and Sam Hubbard's solid. Joseph Asai, unfortunately, what people are going to remember about him is that play <laughs> in the AFC Championship yeah. game, but I think he's pretty solid too. They drafted Miles Murphy in the first round, and then their secondary is a little bit more concerning. They lost Jesse Bates to the Falcons in free agency, and I mean, if you want to call also. Eli Apple a loss, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. both of their safeties uh, are gone. Yeah, yeah, Von both Bell their safeties, like, yeah, that's that's a little concerning for me when it comes to their secondary, and but still, like their offense is so good that I still am high I'm still high on them in this division but at the same time the other three teams kind of like the AFC East uh with with the Bills where when you look at the other three opponents that the favorite is facing all three teams have improved in their own ways and so I think it is a wide open division but at the same time I still like Cincinnati but to say they're the clear favorites uh, I don't think would be would be right uh, I agree personally with almost everything you said, except I, th- I think you're understating how good this offense is. And I, I think you're overstating a little of the defense. Um, I, this offense to me, I was just looking at, you know, kind of doing some research. And it's crazy to me that their wide receiver three, Tyler Boyd, had a thousand yards in 2018 and 2019 before T. Higgins got there. And then Chase came in and he's still this is a team that could have three a thousand yard pass catchers while also having, you know, probably the fifth best wide receiver in the league in Chase. That's so incredible, so insane to me um, that I, I think at worst, this team is going to be so much fun to watch in terms of, you know, their offense is so good. But I think their defense, I think it's bad. Um, I think Von Bell is a big loss. I, I do think that's a legit loss. Jesse Bates is a big loss. Um, and you mentioned a little like kind of bullish on their pass rush. They had 30 sacks last year. I, I was looking. They were bottom five in sacks and now they have no secondary. I think that defense could really struggle to get stops. Yeah. yeah, I I don't I don't love them defensively, but I, there are some things I like about them defensively. Mm-hmm. But it may, yeah, maybe it'll be worse than I than I realize. And maybe it'll be what you think and that it'll actually be bad and not just mediocre. Yeah, well, I think um, just going back to twenty twenty one, the the offense got so much love and praise when they brought in Jamar Chase and uh, just like some of the <laughs> other weapons. But it was like, well, the Bengals aren't going to be any good because their defense sucks. So they'll you, just and you remember my take vividly, Corey, where I was like, oh, I love this offense, and like uh-huh. I think they'll be amazing for fantasy football, but real life football, it'll be pretty bad. And I mean, they went ten and seven, so it wasn't like amazing regular season, but they made the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like so maybe even if they're not as great defensively, it's like what you said, Corey, two years ago, their offense was so good that it can carry their team, even if they're not as strong on that side of the, at that side of the ball. Yeah. So I, I think this is an interesting question. Are they still the clear favorites? And I don't think the Bengals are locked to win the division. I think that, you know, there are reasons that things can go wrong and there's reasons to like all of the other three teams. Uh, one of my things, I guess, just kind of going back to the Bills is I feel like they were taking a step back to the point where other teams were catching up to them. I don't know that the Bengals have taken a step back uh, in that regard, in that one of these three teams has definitively caught up to this team. So as much as I'll say, I don't think that they're locked to win the division. I do think any of these four teams can win it. I still think the Bengals are the clear favorite as long as Joe Burrow is healthy and that his yeah, calf strain doesn't turn injury. into anything significant. And even then, the Bengals started 5-4 and four in 2021, 4-4 four and four last year. They won their last eight games last year. Of course, they ended up making a run late and stole the division and wound up going all the way to the Super Bowl. So even if he does miss like the first month of the season, I don't know that it's going to be a major setback for this team. I think ultimately the Bengals should be looking in as like they are still the favorites. This is still their division for the taking. And it's going to be difficult for someone else to catch them. I think it's very possible that one of these teams could come out and have like a 12-13 win season. And if the Bengals defense is just okay enough and the offense is still great, Cincinnati still pulls out the division title. And uh, I think... That's just kind of like the way that I'm looking at it with this team is that 
I'm still scared of them. They're still like the team that I look at. It's like, how are the Bengals going to be this team that I have to worry about every single year? It's always the Ravens and then the Bengals and the Browns are like never a serious threat. Then all of a sudden, I just look at this team. As long as they have Joe Burrow, I think for the time being, until one of those other three quarterbacks catches up to him or the Bengals take such a massive hit when he gets that inevitable big contract that they lose some of that talent, I think the Bengals still have to be viewed as a clear favorite in this division, even if it doesn't mean they're a lock to win the division. Yeah, maybe that's where I went too far with it, that they're not a lock. And I I do like things about the other three teams. Where, like I like I think I think it's got a really competitive division, but I do think they're a clearer favorite than Buffalo. Where mm-hmm. I, I I think that's a great point that yeah, Buffalo you could see them taking a step back and it's hard to trust them in big games, but the Bengals for two consecutive seasons they've made it to the AFC championship game and almost made it to consecutive Super Bowls and so you have more faith in what they can accomplish than than Buffalo just compared to that question well, yeah one thing I, I do want to step back to is you know you mentioned these other quarterbacks catching up I wouldn't say that Joe Burrow is like a clearly better than Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson won MVP a few years ago he's still he hasn't been healthy the last couple of years but he's still He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I wouldn't say he's catching up to Burrow. I think they're any of them, either of them could be better on any given year to me. Well, that feels like kind of a good question to talking about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens because the Ravens came in second place in the division last year. One thing that I kind of forget is that if the Ravens beat the Bengals in week 18 in Cincinnati, they would have hosted the playoff game instead of having to go back to Cincinnati. And they they almost pulled off the upset. It came down to a Tyler Huntley fumble at the goal line that the Bengals miraculously ran back 99 yards or 98 yards for a touchdown. And I think it's notable to say Tyler Huntley because Lamar Jackson did not play at the end of the season. There were a lot of question marks about would he remain in Baltimore? He was franchise tagged on the open market, felt inevitable. Wow, he might actually leave this team, but he ends up signing a long-term extension with them. And Baltimore ends up going out and making some splashy moves on offense. So after locking up Lamar Jackson and some of the other big things they did this offseason, are the Ravens now back to being not just a playoff team in the AFC, but a legitimate Super Bowl contender? I'm never going to go that far with Baltimore. I'm I'm high on them to an extent. It's kind of like entering last season where Cincinnati's easily my favorite in this division. But and, and then Baltimore, I look at as a playoff team, just like last year. I, I look at Baltimore as still a, a wild card team entering this, this season. And I, I think offensively, I, I like them more entering this year than last year because it's not really just Mark Andrews that you got to worry about. They drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. And then Rashad Bateman, he's been, he's de- been dealing with a ton of injuries. But I think if if he can get over that, he can have a – possibly a breakout season this year and I don't love Odell at this point in his career but but you know I think they think very highly of him and maybe he can return to that 2021 form that he had where he helped the Rams win a Super Bowl and I so I I think they have more pieces on offense that would would give me higher hopes for them uh for this season maybe not like MVP Lamar Jackson 2019 that he had but maybe maybe better than last year and they also made an offensive coordinator change, replacing Greg Roman with Todd Mockin. He's talked about how he wants to make their offense more aggressive, maximize their field spacing and tempo, and and throw the deep ball more often, and expand Lamar Jackson's skill set. And so I think I don't think they're going to be as good as Cincinnati offensively, but you definitely can't count out the Ravens uh, and their offense. And then. And then defensively, I think they have a really great secondary with with uh, Marlon Humphrey, and they drafted Kyle Hamilton uh, just a year ago, and, and they brought in Marcus Williams and a lot of good linebackers as well. And so, yeah, I, I think they're better defensively than Cincinnati. And so uh, I still like Cincinnati more, but I still like Baltimore as a playoff team. But to say the Super Bowl contender, I'm – I'm just I'm I can't I can't buy that. Just, they haven't even made an AFC Championship game yet with Lamar at, uh, under center. So I'm going to say no in terms of being a Super Bowl contender. I I think they are a Super Bowl Super Bowl contender. I think this is, you know, we're not at new indi- new additions, but I think 
just assuming that you regress to the mean in terms of players don't get injured every year, they're the most improved team. You look If you look at last year, Lamar played 11 games. Rashad Bateman only played five games. J.K. Dobbins pay, played an eight. Gus Edwards played a nine. They had Kenyon Drake playing in 12 <laughs> games. That dude is oh that God. dude is a corpse, and he was playing. He played 12 games. He averaged 4.4 yards per carry because they, in a Ravens offense, he was averaging, you know, league average. He's not a good player, and they had to start him. You had Mark Andrews missing games. Demarcus Robinson was their second in receiving. He was a wide receiver four on the Chiefs. And then you had punt returner Devin Duvernay was your number one receiver in some games. I mean, if you get one of Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, and OBJ per game, your offense is better than it was last year. Yeah, I I like their offense entering this year more than last year, which is why I'm still high on the Ravens to an extent. I, I will say, though, you're mentioning all those injuries. That was kind of the same thing entering last season where yep. they had t- two years ago, they they were they had brutal injury luck where you talk about the running backs of Dobbins and Edwards. They didn't even play a game last year because they both tore their I think I think they both, think tore, they both tore their ACLs, ACLs right? yeah. in the yeah. preseason. I think Dobbins Peters was more well. significant. I th- yeah, I think Dobbins had like more than just the torn ACL. And so and, and they lost. I forgot what the. Uh, I think it was Ronnie Stanley. Yeah, like they lost him too. Yeah, true. Uh-huh. And, and then they lost multiple corners. Uh, like Mar- yeah. Marcus Peters was out for the torn ACL uh, last year. So yeah, I think yeah they've had really brutal injury luck the past two seasons now. And yeah, I think yeah I, I I can't I can't deny that point that if they're a much healthier team, then maybe they can make even more noise than I realize. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think their defense is great. I think uh, it's no secret that they were so much better when Roquan Smith joined them, which to me was a surprise. I knew he was a good player, but I didn't expect him to turn around that defense. You got Patrick Queen in the middle as well. Um, Really good linebacker core to go with. It's a good defense. Yeah, I I do have a little bit of questions about their edge rushing prowess, especially when they just had to go out and bring in Jadavion Clowney, number 24, to try to give them a boost there. (laughs) But overall, I mean, their defense is not a big concern overall. Uh, And their offense, when healthy, I do think has the potential to be dynamic. I think Todd Monken should be a positive addition outside of Greg Roman. But it's going to be a completely different offense. And ultimately, you talk about the injuries. It's when it happens one year, you can kind of say, all right, it's an anomaly. When it happens two years in a row, it's like, is this a trend at this point? And when it comes down to it, I, I don't know about Lamar Jackson being able to play through a full season because he's gotten hurt the past two years in December. How much of that him not returning was, I want my contract. I don't want to ruin my career over this. I don't know. Like I, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. I think he's a very fun player. But that, to me, is kind of the big thing. And you kind of bring up the point, Brian, is they haven't been to the AFC Championship game. Lamar Jackson hasn't played a playoff game since 2020. He's 1-3 in his career, and he hasn't looked great in his postseason appearances. And that I just have pause on the team. I think it's one of those where, on paper, you look at the additions, you look at you know this team, what they can be, and it's hard not to say that they can't be one of the top teams in the AFC and go toe-to-toe with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Josh Allen and the Bills. But I I just, I've been so high on this team the past couple of years and they just keep crumbling down the stretch. And I, I just don't know that I can believe that they're going to get past that point and like play their best football in December, January, when I'm just been so used to seeing them playing their best football in September, October, November instead. There are plenty of things to like about their team where, yeah, like Lamar Jackson, one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the league. I think they're well coached, and there's just they're just a very solid team on both sides of the football. But yeah, it's just that on, with Lamar Jackson under center, we've seen him in so many regular season games, especially especially in his MVP season where they get off to such big leads and 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 win plenty of games. But at the same time, we haven't seen the Ravens handle adversity well and ha- handle comeback situations very well because we've seen in Lamar's playoff games where they get behind and they they they, they just crumble in the playoff games which is kind of unfair because it's such a small sample size but at the same time like the, that's that's the real test and we haven't seen Lamar Jackson uh playoff wise fulfill <laughs> fulfill his potential I guess yeah and I think another Completely. thing for me is when it comes to the Ravens wide receivers, it, this goes beyond just Lamar Jackson. They have a brutal history when it comes to wide receivers and having yeah, success. Yeah, I, I remember, Corey, 
last year you brought up, you know who the second best receiver was when they when he won MVP and it was like Willie, Willie Sneed. Sneed. Like, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah Willie Sneed was their number two receiver. <laughs> and, it's insane. They haven't had a one thousand yard wide receiver since Mike Wallace in twenty sixteen. Wow. Steve Smith, Torrey Smith, Derek Mason is their all time leading wide receiver. Mark Andrews did have thirteen hundred yards as a tight end, and that's not to say like he's not going to continue to be a valuable player when he's on the field, but it's just. Wide receivers on the Ravens, they don't excite me. Anquan Bolden, he was awesome in Arizona. Couldn't have 1,000 yards in three seasons in Baltimore. Goes to San Francisco and immediately is a 1,000-yard receiver again. It's, just, it's something that's always been a problem. Doesn't matter whether it was Joe Flacco at quarterback or you know someone even before him. It's just that's kind of what it's been for this team. So until unless Todd Monken comes in, and look, he did a lot at Georgia with Stetson Bennett, had a lot of talent there, but he's, as far as I know, has not been an NFL offensive coordinator. So... Is that a, a reason to think he's going to come in and immediately turn this team around right away? I think there could be a lot of growing pains, especially when you go from essentially like the Army-Navy offense that we've seen with this team uh, at times over the years to trying to be a, a real vertical passing attack, yeah, going with uh, 11 personnel and three wide receivers. So I just I have some pause this- about how it's all going to come together. And there's so much potential. I think if they reach potential, I totally get a cam. Like I can certainly see them being a Super Bowl contender, and I want to say yes – but it's it just I have too many reservations about this team, and that's just my thing. Is I feel like they every year we have similar conversations about them. Yeah, that, that's why I also lean with with Corey on this. That even though there's plenty to like about their team, they just never they never reach it. It's it's kind of like Buffalo in in some ways. Uh, maybe not as cho- much of a choke job as Buffalo, the way they they implode in big games, but it's kind of similar. Yeah, I mean, going from but like you said, three, Corey, with the receiver group, uh, uh, this might be the most excited I've been about yeah, a Baltimore no, Ravens I, receiving group because their uh, receivers always suck outside. It's like Mark Andrews and a bunch of Jags. And Marquise Brown was pretty good, but he was only there three seasons. You know, uh, yeah, a few seasons with Lamar, and then he gets traded, and mm-hmm. it's not like he was amazing anyway. No, he did. Yeah, that, actually, he did have a thousand yard receiving season. Um, I, okay. I kind of question my data now because I did look that up. He had I can't believe Mike yards. Wallace had a thousand oh, yards you know with no, the Ravens. He, yeah, so Mark Andrews had thirteen hundred yards a year that Hollywood had a thousand yards, so he wasn't their leading okay. receiver. But yeah, Mike Wallace did have a thousand yards. With Mike Ravens. Wallace, I remember he, I, he was great with Pittsburgh, but I thought I didn't think he was any good after that. But wow, no, so he that, stuck that around still. Me. Yeah, I know. I uh, <laughs> I I don't remember. I remember being kind of disappointed when he left, but I don't remember like really being all that sad when Antonio Brown and others took over. So anyway, let's uh let's talk about the other two teams in this division, the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were the two teams who did not make the playoffs last year. Um Steelers got off to an awful start at two and six and then managed to turn the season around and salvage a winning season. Uh whereas Cleveland struggled out of the gates and weren't able to be that much better of a team with Deshaun Watson. So last year, we grouped these teams together and asked the question in regards to the quarterback, who is more likely to make the playoffs? The Browns with Jacoby Brissett or the Steelers with Mitch Trubisky? And this year, we're going to continue to talk about the quarterbacks, but maybe feel a little higher and more excited about them with Kenny Pickett and Deshaun Watson set to be the week one starters this year and presumably play a full season. So we're going to up the ante a little and not just say who is more likely to be a playoff contender, but who is more likely to win the AFC North out of these two teams with their starting quarterback the whole year. If if you asked me this question a month ago or two months ago, I would have easily said the Browns because... Look, look, Deshaun Watson. He he didn't have a good year last year. There's there's no doubt about that. But before uh, all of his off the field issues, he was one of the obviously not in the Mahomes category, but he was looked at as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. A guy that was on the rise and was pretty much carrying that terrible Houston Texans team. And and I think that a full season with with Cleveland and. You know, maybe a little bit less scrutiny. He's all that's always going to follow him th- for the rest oh, of his yeah. career, the rest Never of his life. Away. But I think you can say that there'll be a little bit less pressure on Deshaun. Like now that we're farther and farther away from from all the bad things that happen off the field and his suspension, and it, it's kind of a fresh start. Even though it's his second season with Cleveland, it's you can look at this season as a a, a big fresh start for for Deshaun Watson. 
under the under camp Kevin Stefanski's offense and maybe he can get more comfortable uh on the field as well and so and, and I you know I like the pieces around Deshaun Watson with with Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb one of the best running backs in the league I expect him to have an amazing season and they added Elijah Moore who had his own problems in New York but I just think it just it wasn't a good fit with him uh with the Jets and I think he can have a rebound season with the Browns, and Najoku is a solid tight. I like I like the pieces, not love, but I I like the pieces around Deshaun Watson, and I just think that if he were to reach his potential again, what we saw him, you know, before off, all the off the field issues, I think their offense is just way more explosive. But at the same time, the reason why I pause is Deshaun Watson apparently has had a ton of struggles in training camp or this off season while Kenny Pickett, it's been the opposite where he's had a really good progress this yep. off season. Amazingly, even with a, an offensive coordinator <laughs> that, that Corey <laughs> yeah, just Canada. keeps mentioning. Yeah. Where, I mean, look, I've heard a million times of Corey and he can expand on it better than I can with, with the Steelers, but not only do Steelers fans know, but <laughs> I feel like national fans even know uh, that, Matt Canada's offense is just so dink and dunk and Saturday uh, offense. Just not, yeah, it's just like a it's like a high school offense. A lot of low percentage plays, never using the middle of the field. And I think Kevin Stefanski is a sh- even though he might be on the hot seat, I think he's a sharper head co- head. Well, I know he's a head coach and Matt Canada's an offensive coordinator, but still, I think he's a like o- sharp, sharper, sharper offensive, offensive mind. mind. Yeah, yeah. And it so is a low bar. To that's be why. Fair, but yeah, I'm still gonna go with Cleveland for this question, but I hesitate more now than I would have a month or two ago, but I'm still going to go with Cleveland. I just think they have more upside than Pittsburgh does offensively, but that's just me. Um, I think for me, this was a tough one because if we're talking in a world where there's no injuries, I don't really give either of these teams a real chance to win the division. However, I would go with the Steelers, and I know Corey mentioned at the beginning that I'm not biased in this division, but that's untrue because I hate the Browns. I <laughs> that's hate a Sean good point. Watson. <laughs> I the Texans have their pick. I kind of like that they kept the te- Browns pick. I think nothing good is Deshaun Watson hasn't even played j- better than Jacoby Brissett since returning to the NFL. I don't think he has a chance of winning this division. I, I don't think that. I think maybe next year there's a world where he you know, returns to form, but I don't think having a full off season is going to do it just from what everything I've seen about Deshaun Watson. I just don't think he's there. Um, And I do like the Steelers. (laughs) I I like, I like Kenny Pickett. I think that uh, Matt Canada being kept might've been, you know, one of the more surprising things of the off season for me. I know that a lot of Steelers fans are like, well, they're not going to get rid of him because I don't know if that was a pessimistic or realistic outlook, but I was shocked. Yeah, I um, I, I was very disappointed. I think the late run to end the season was a, a big thing that saved his job. Starting two and six, going nine and eight, the offense got better, but it went from like worse in the league to slightly below average. It's not like they all of a sudden became a great offense and. I also had some trepidations and I was like last year, I just kind of dismissed the idea of Matt Canada still being the offensive coordinator and quickly realized in the beginning days of Mitch Trubisky that, oh man, this team is not going to be good. They don't have a good offense. And then when TJ Watt went down, they didn't have a good defense. So uh, I think defensively, both these teams have a lot to like just up front in terms of some of the star power, TJ Watt versus Miles Garrett. Sealy's have Minka Fitzpatrick who like, you know, him and TJ Watt might be the best, uh, if not one of the best at their individual positions. Cam Hayward's still there. He is getting up there in age. Um, the Browns are kind of running back a similar underperforming defense, but with a new defensive coordinator out is um, Jim, Jim Woods, uh, whatever. Jim, is that well, right? They, they brought in Jim Schwartz. They brought in Jim Schwartz. Yeah, I, I don't even remember the old guy's first name, but they brought in Jim Schwartz, who he was the Super Bowl winning DC for the Eagles in 2017. So that's really what they're looking to do. Sealers reinventing their linebacker room. Out goes Miles Jack, who just retired, uh, along with um, first round pick bust Devin Bush, who injury early, just never battled back from it. Robert Splane's gone. In come Cole Holcomb, Olandon Roberts, and Quan Alexander, who Quan Alexander is someone who I didn't really think would be much <laughs> of an impact, and he's kind of been awesome in the preseason. So 
Defensively, I think the Browns have more room to grow than the Steelers, but the Steelers still have areas of improvement because they were such like not a great team, uh, particularly at the linebacker position. There are some question marks in the secondary, especially after letting Cam Sutton walk in free agency. But just kind of focusing on the two offenses, that's really where the root of this question is. Kenny Pickett versus Deshaun Watson. I also have some doubts about Watson reaching his former heights, but if he gets there, it's hard not to think that the Browns can be such like an explosive offense, even with some limited weapons, um, that they, in a lot of ways, might have a higher ceiling. Kenny Pickett, I believe, needs to make a big leap in year two, and the Steelers are doing what they can. Brought in Isaac Sayamalu, drafted uh, Broderick Jones, added Allen Robinson in a trade. Calvin Austin is coming back from injury. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, both of them have room to be better this year. Johnson just being a better football player, Pickens being more involved. And and, and maybe scoring a touchdown. Yeah, nice. right. Maybe scoring a touchdown this year. Like th- that at the very least should go up from zero. Uh, but yeah, Matt Canada, there's certainly reasons to have doubts. But just based on the small sample size in the preseason, I'm starting to buy into the Steelers offense, potentially being explosive. Uh, and then, of course, the running back position. There's a debate, Najee Harris versus Jalen Warren. I like the idea of the two of them just coexisting. Thunder and lightning is the term that Kenny Pickett used. So ultimately, my answer to this question, who has the better chance of winning the division? I think both these teams make the playoffs. I think both of them can win the division. I'm going to pick the team that's won the division several times in the last two decades over the team who's literally never won the AFC North. That's the Steelers. I think of any kind of tiebreaker, it almost feels like the Steelers floor has to be 9-8. and eight. If Mike Tomlin could go 9-8 and eight last season with everything that went on, it, it just, you know, I, I don't want to say it's impossible for him to go below 500, but it feels like that's what the Steelers are working with. And uh, ultimately, I don't think that the Steelers, kind of like you said, are going to be able to get there without some type of major injury. I do think, you know, they're, maybe not a major injury. I do think the Bengals and Ravens need to take some kind of a step back, maybe a bigger one than uh, you would want. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I, I'm high enough on the Steelers to think that, you know, this team is going to be much better than last year. They're going to be improved. And when it comes down to it, I'm willing to acknowledge that the Browns could be a very good team. 2020, the expectations are low for them. They actually made the playoffs. Whenever expectations are through the roof, that's when they crumble. But when it comes down to who's more likely to win the division, I'll take the team that has won the division, especially in years when they weren't the favorites to win it, over the team that always finds ways to disappoint, always finds ways to not be good. Yeah, for the record, I'm, I don't care for either team <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to the team itself as a fan but but also in terms of this upcoming season where I don't have either team in my playoff picture I, I like the Bengals to win the division and then the Ravens to be a wild card team and so I have both these teams in third and fourth but I, yeah like, I just think when it comes to the when it comes to the Browns Corey we talked about the on, on the on the west afc west uh pod we mm-hmm. <laughs> mentioned russell wilson like who has a higher ceiling the the, the, the broncos yeah. or the the Raiders? like well i think uh it's kind of like that with denver like maybe not as extreme where uh-huh. i think uh i think cleveland has the higher ceiling but i also think they have the lower floor because look watson he had, he had a bad season last year and i don't think it's entirely uh, i think it's possible that it could happen again yeah, I mean, he hasn't like, played in two years, or, you know, a year and a half at that point. He's barely, like, yeah, he he, bar- he hadn't played in nearly two years, and then we finally did play. Yeah, we expected some rust, so it, it's not surprising how that year ended. But now that there are talks about in August for this upcoming season that there, he, there are still already struggles, it's like, all right, like, that, that gives me pause. Like, I'm still mm-hmm. picking Cleveland, but I think it's a bigger toss-up than I would have uh said a month ago yeah and of course i I mean i think cleveland has way more upside but we've already seen even though it's just (laughs) preseason it's uh not the greatest sample size but that's the sample size we have to work with it looks like pittsburgh is better right now yeah i mean five drives against the bills on offense and defense but you know you had a 62 yard rushing touchdown a 25 yard passing touchdown over the middle between defenders too and then 
defensively, three punts, three eight yards gain, thirty one yards gain, negative three yards gain. So it's uh it, it, again, it, it's just a preseason game. It's a small sample size, like you said, but there's more more coming. There's enough coming out that as a Steelers fan, it's hard not to buy into this team and thinking that their ceiling is like really high. And maybe I, I, the right way to approach it is the Steelers are more likely to make the playoffs, or the Browns are maybe more likely to be better than the Bengals and the Ravens if Deshaun Watson returns to his MVP form, but. Uh, I think there's, and like you said, there's reason to think that their floor could be really low and that he's just not the same quarterback anymore. I, l- I looked at this question too much from an offensive standpoint since we were <laughs> talking about the quarterbacks, but just looking at the defenses too, like you mentioned, Corey, I think there are things to like about both teams where I, I like the Steelers' defensive line more, but I, the Browns do have Miles Garrett and they have solid pieces in their secondary. Yeah, like they added Zadarius Smith and, and Delvin Tomlinson to the defensive line too, to too. try to get better. So Exactly. Yeah. But, well, I think one theme with the Browns that I keep seeing is they have so much talent on their roster. They just underperformed last year. And like a lot of people are saying, well, they're too talented to be that bad again. Like, is that true? Like Denzel Ward had a terrible season. Like a lot of their, their like young high draft picks and like guys that they brought in weren't very good. The offensive line took a st- step back last year. Joel Batonio is still awesome, but their tackles, Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin were not nearly as good. Um, and like PFF is like, yeah, I mean, they, they were not as good, but we still think that they're the second best offensive see, line in the see, league. See, I it's still like- th- I still think they're one of the top offensive lines in the league, but I remember the year that I was high on Cleveland. I thought, you know, one of the reasons why I was high on Cleveland was because of how how good they were. Well, not good, but they were a playoff team the year before, and they made it all the way to the divisional round mm-hmm. versus Kansas City, and they made it a competitive game, and I thought they were on the rise, and and they had a really, really strong offensive line, but that that year they also underperformed and so yep. maybe they're just overrated if, if yeah. uh, two years in a row they got all these studs on their offensive line but they've sort of not lived up to like a top one yeah and I, I think that's really a big thing with them go ahead cam yeah i think my only real offensive line take ever is that the eagles offensive line is unbelievable other than that you know i think if pff <laughs> says they're good or bad i'm probably just gonna go with it because who am they're i the only um, yeah right they're <laughs> the only ones who make sense to like yeah possibly. like there's no stats or anything like you can look at penalties and sacks allowed and things of that nature but I mean, when it comes down to it offensive linemen individually can only have so much impact Joe Thomas can be the best left tackle in the league, and he's playing with four guys. But, who don't but the Browns will only win like four games a year <laughs> yeah. if everything else sucks about their team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think that both both teams fans should be excited. But yeah, go go ahead, Kim. I think I'm a little higher on the Steelers than you guys. I actually was when I was looking at my hot takes. I had to do kind of mm-hmm. a little math of now that there's seven teams in each division I th- or in each playoffs, is it yeah. like 1.75 on average would make the playoffs, correct, per division? So I was yes. initially going to say my hot take was that three teams would make it. I, I almost wonder if it'd be a hotter take to say only one team from the, this division will make it. You mentioned you have the Ravens as a wild card. I think that it actually would be a hot take to say only one if one team from this division makes the playoffs, and I, I think it could be three. I think the Steelers are a playoff team. They, as you said – Eight and seven last year. They were sorry, nine and eight last year. I forget we have how many games we have, but uh, lost to the Pats, Browns, and Jets early season. It wasn't, and you mentioned their abysmal start. They beat the uh, Bengals, I believe, really early, but yeah, they did um, in week one. Uh-huh. Those three teams were, you know, they're okay, but they weren't games they should have lost. You win any of those, you're a playoff team. You you beat the Jets, who I, I don't really at that. I think Zach Wilson was their quarterback at the yeah, time. Yeah, that was his first um, game there. Yeah, they blew, blew exactly. a twenty to ten lead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it was a bad so, loss. You were so close to the playoffs, and now I think your offense uh-huh. got better. I think Matt Canada's the downfall, but your O line's better. Uh, you get another second year quarterback is usually the year we see a breakout for quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. Almost all of them. You had Trevor Lawrence last year, Burrow in his second year. You've had it. It happens really frequently. I'm pretty optimistic about Pickett, and I'm, I'm certainly – I think this defense is great. I think T.J. Watt being healthy for 17 games alone is a huge uh, – I think – or not assuming he said, but, you know, if he's healthy, it's just – I like this team. 
Yeah, and of course, health is a big thing. And I'll do a quick plug here. So Bill Barnwell of ESPN, he's a very big analytical guy. Like he's, he's someone I kind of disagree with him a lot more than I'd like to. And I think that kind of brings me down a little. He has the Browns as one of his four teams that are most likely to improve just based alone. Uh, they didn't have their quarterback last year. They have him now. And the Steelers is one of the four likely to take a step back because turnover luck was just a big thing in their favor uh they were one of the leading teams in interceptions last year and they rarely turned the ball over down the stretch uh which i think part of that was kenny pickett was just very conservative he'd rather throw the ball away than throw an interception so uh, it was kind of like the whole aaron Rodgers take of oh wow he only throws three interceptions a year because he throws every other pass out of into the sideline uh into the stands so i think um both of these teams have reason to believe that they're going to be better this year. And it's just a matter of execution and guys who are talented staying on the field and playing to the best of their abilities. Um, and I think the last thing I'll say, just kind of talking about the Steelers, my final take on this season is that I am starting to convince myself that there could be some 2017 Eagles vibes here with Carson Wentz in his second year taking a big leap and just feeling like a lot of the guys on here like a lot of veteran talent good leaders that they could be one of those surprise teams that nobody sees coming and overachieves which is very difficult in the AFC like it's it's easy to to look at some teams and say well yeah they could maybe be a Super Bowl team but can they go through all these other teams here you know, it's it's a lot to ask for. Uh, I probably end up getting my heart broken, but I'm definitely <laughs> riding high in August now, and we'll see how long that lasts. So, with that, let's uh, let's jump ahead and um, do our our usual generic questions to to wrap up the divisional previews. And let's start with a new addition that we believe can have the biggest impact on this season. Cam, you go first. Sure. Um... If I, if you don't mind, I'd like to do. It's kind of two players, but um, I think that the you mentioned it, so I didn't go with it as well. But the Steelers adding um, Isaac Samalo and uh, who's their tackle that they, they drafted Jones. a rook. Yeah, Roger, Roger Jones. Jones. Yeah. I think them getting you know a new offensive tackle and a really good guard from the Eagles. I think that's huge with which how with how bad a uh, offensive line play was last year. So I really liked those additions for them. Yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic about them. It is kind of a cheating answer, but it's fair to include <laughs> both of them. I, I think the one thing is Broderick I, Jones I, isn't guaranteed to start right away, which, um, you know, we'll see. But, you know, I do think eventually he'll get in the lineup. And if he's great as a rookie, then awesome. If he's terrible as a rookie, then probably more of the same. So go ahead. All Brian. right. So for my new addition, that will that'll make the biggest impact. I constantly go with offensive rookies <laughs> when okay. we do this question i'm gonna do it again uh i'll go with zay flowers as the new addition i'll make the biggest impact i've i've just never liked the baltimore ravens receiver group year after year i i, I always continue to be high on them to an extent but never like high on their floor but never their ceiling and a lot of it has to do with the fact that their receivers outside of mark andrews who's a tight end they're pass catchers. I'm never high on them outside of Mark Andrews. And I think Zay Flowers could make a big difference in their offense. He's already, there already been reports about he's had a, he's had a really good training camp and ton of speed, even though he's undersized. Uh, it, there's, he's got potential to be their number one wide receiver in their offense. Like maybe already <laughs> just because they don't really have a lot. Odell, even though it's two years now from his injury, probably still working his way back and Rashad Bateman I, I think is good but at the same time he's 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 been pretty injury prone to begin his career and so maybe I think Zay Flowers will be a lot more involved in the offense than people realize so I'll go with him. Zay Flowers also had that one clip in a preseason game where he he caught it and miraculously scored a touchdown because he was just so so fast so he's got yeah. that hype. It was yeah. that not not just like ahead, against Corey. the against Washington, like on that Monday Night Football game touchdown, like on the sidelines where he caught it. And like yeah, yeah, where he caught yeah. it and just kind of scooted around everybody, going yeah. ninety miles per hour, and no one could touch him. Yeah, that was a very impressive play. Do you have more, Brian? It, no, it's it's just that another thing is like the Ravens' offense has just rightfully so been very, very, very run heavy, just given that the quarterback that they have. But I do think if Baltimore you know, wants to reach the Super Bowl aspirations that they 
desire, I think they need to become a little bit more of a passing offense. Not like just abandoned, of course, because they have Lamar uh, being the dual threat quarterback he is. But I just think they need to be a little bit more pass centric than than they have uh, in these past several seasons with Lamar under center. And so, just I think having a first round receiver on their team, uh, finally a receiver with some upside. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think uh, uh, won't make let, a difference. The, let Lamar throw. I like it. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I think that I think if the Ravens can actually open up their passing attack and kind of give you some more of those like heavy hitting offensive vibes that we saw in twenty, then I will take them more seriously. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I do think that's like a good thing. Run it less like a wildcat and more like a West Coast offense. Yeah, just like an actual <laughs> NFL offense, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so Cam already uh, picked a, a Steeler, so I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the Bengals here and. You know, we talked about how great the offense is and how we kind of have some questions on defense. So they lost both Jesse Bates and Von Bell in free agency, and they decided to bring in Nick Scott from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Bates was always going to get a big contract. Bell, three for $22 million. Nick Scott, three for $12 million. So you're not paying him nearly as much, but if they can get similar kind of production out of him and then returning Dax Hill, who is a first-round pick, um, not a new addition, but just thinking Nick Scott, if he can continue to just be a solid safety and their defense and be good enough, then I don't really have doubts about the Bengals continuing to be a threat in the AFC. But if their secondary takes such like a brutal hit from some of those losses and these guys they brought in aren't able to replace them, then that's going to make things a little dicey and bring them down to similar level to other teams in this conference. So there you go, Cam. I know you're talking about earlier. There's a Bengals new addition that they made. I actually, at the time, I, I was saying they didn't. I, I forgot about that tackle. That's who I thought you were going to go with. Uh, what, yeah, Orlando so. Brown? I if, didn't even know he signed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if if someone took safe flowers, like my backup choice would have been Orlando Brown. Yeah, which I think is fair. I think just last year, like the past few seasons, like they're, they've had problems in the offensive line that hasn't stopped them from going and, and to the Super Bowl and barely missing it. So. I, and I think he's by far their best offensive line pickup that they've had since Joe Burrow has been their quarterback. Yeah, he should be. I don't yeah, think that's debatable. <laughs> no, Even though they easily. picked up plenty of guys in free agency, I think he's easily their the best offensive lineman that they've added to their to their O line since Burrow's mm-hmm. been there. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Jonah Williams if they you know just keep him around all year. If it does get to the point where he has to be traded, I feel like at this point in the offseason it's not going to happen but that it, i guess maybe it's something that could lead to more problems on that cincinnati offense so anyway let's uh move forward with a player coach who we believe is under the most pressure to succeed in this division i'm kind of already repeating myself but i mean ugh, lamar jackson <laughs> like you you finally got that big contract and you've got some more weapons to throw to and now you got a new offensive coordinator and even though he's definitely, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league, he, I think he's got to prove more, uh, and not just in the regular season, but also in big playoff games, to be really taken seriously, to be in that tier with Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. It's kind of similar to what my Justin Herbert take was with the with the AFC West, where even though he's obviously a great quarterback, he's not in that elite tier. At least I don't think. Even if he's very, very skilled, uh, just. He has to prove more in the postseason and as a passer, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, mean, I had him. Especially with that, that big list. contract now. Exactly. I know you got paid. Prove you're worth it. And, you know, this has been all this drama around him over a guy who has one career playoff win. So, I think that's a tough one for me because I was going to say Deshaun Watson originally, but I actually kind of almost, I wouldn't say disagree with Lamar Jackson, but in the sense that he did just get paid, like there is, there is pressure, but he already got Mm -hmm. like Deshaun Watson got so much guaranteed money. What's the worst case he gets cut and he's (laughs) so Uh rich. Like, I mean, it's not, that was a tough one. I'd say Deshaun maybe, or maybe management of Cleveland. I think everyone is gone. If he fails. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's gone. If he fails, um, so somewhere around Deshaun Watson because of what they mm. gave up for for him. But I don't think him personally just because, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good way to, to look at it. And, uh, yeah, with some of these pressure ones, I try to go for, you know, the guy who was like, oh, if they don't play well, they're going to be out of a job. But uh, Yeah, the, you know, some of the guys I've taken f- for this question, they're not guys that are like, oh, they're going to be traded if they don't play well this uh-huh. year <laughs> or, or fired or whatever. 
but it, it's some of these I've I've taken for this question like you got to prove that you're worth mm-hmm. the, the big deal. Yeah, I guess yeah, like they're feeling personal the pressure. Yeah, or it's like if you don't put up now, you're gonna start hearing those whispers and everything. And it's only gonna get louder. And I, I think the Deshaun Watson case is like, yeah, maybe himself he can just coast with his fully guaranteed contract. But there's a lot of people in Cleveland who would lose their jobs if things don't go better this year. So uh, I did have Kevin Stefanski as an option, which you basically just said. So I'm gonna go with another guy here, and I think you can make a case for every quarterback in their own way in this division. I think just looking at the Steelers' offense, you can make a case for Canada, the OC, Najee Harris at running back, maybe a few other guys there. But I think when it comes down to it, Kenny Pickett, everyone is talking about the Steelers' potential if Kenny Pickett takes a year two leap. What happens if he doesn't take the year two leap? All of a sudden, it's like uh, you know, the people who really want him to be the guy, like all the Pitt fans, like everyone who just sees like that guy who had those two comeback wins in the the Franco Harris game and then against Baltimore. And if he doesn't come out and show that he can be a franchise quarterback, all of a sudden the Steelers are going to be a team who is looking in that direction because Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, they're set at least going into the next year. Pittsburgh, it's not a guarantee. So I think, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, the, the OC could potentially hold him back and maybe there'll be some other issues. But I think that Kenny Pickett's facing a lot of pressure in year two to prove that he is that franchise guy who can kind of carry on, you know, the next uh, run of Sealy's quarterbacks after Ben Roethlisberger. On that uh, note, sort of, what is, you know, Kenny Pickett, he's not going to be uh, Josh Allen. He's not going to be Mahomes. He's not going to be like Burrow. If he was last year's Daniel Jones in his second year in the NFL, would that be, I think that'd be a good outcome. No, if if you, yeah, if you I could would... tell me that I could have last year's Daniel Jones on a rookie contract for eternity, mm-hmm. I could build a Super Bowl team around that. Yeah, I think like the issue with Daniel Jones was that it took him to his contract year to finally protect the ball and like look like someone who can win games with the Giants. I think it's like a big, big difference doing it in in year two versus you know year four or five when it comes time to pay him the money. I agree. I think that uh, I think Daniel Jones is a re- realistic outcome for Kenny Pickett, and if it happens next year or this year, I, I think they'll be pretty happy, and I think they'll be a good team. Yeah, I, I don't realistically know what his ceiling is. I th- I don't think you can really say that just off the yeah. one year sample size. So, Brian, I feel like you have something you really want to say here. Nope. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you just kept <laughs> leaning into the mic, like ready to go. So, yeah. we'll uh, yeah, we'll wrap this one up with um our bold prediction for the division. And I've kind of been back and forth on a few of them I want to throw out there, but I'm just going to keep it and just go with one that I hope happens. And that's the Steelers not only make the playoffs, but they finally win their first playoff game since 2016. It's going to take a lot. I mean, it's baby steps is really the way that I'm looking at it, but this team did a lot to improve on a team that won nine and eight and almost made the playoffs getting in would be kind of nice but I don't necessarily look back on the 2021 team that got blown up at Kansas City and say yeah that that was an awesome way to end the season I want to see this team win a playoff game and uh, I'm gonna you know believe that Kenny Pickett does take that big enough leap in year two to at least get to that divisional round my bold prediction and I kind of alluded to it earlier but um, I think my bold prediction will be that the Bengals have three 1,000 yard receivers in I guess it doesn't have to be Chase Higgins and Boyd it would most likely be but um, oh you I mean Trent Irwin Trent cool. Irwin yeah Trent Irwin Irv maybe. Smith uh. <laughs> they use Mixon in a really wild way <laughs> who's their tight end this year like they Irv lost Irv Hayden Smith Hurst. Jr. he came oh, from the Vikings right. I believe okay. yeah like Hayden Hurst is obviously in Carolina now yeah and and yeah, Herb Smith, he didn't really get to do much in Minnesota since he was always hurt. Yeah, he's very knows, fast, he though. For a tight end. <laughs> yeah, for a tight end, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to look through just to see. There have been seven pairs of teammates who have rushed for 1,000 yards in a season and five trios of teammates who have caught 1,000 yards in a season. So it's only oh, happened five times. Had, so they'd be the I same. actually thought it had never happened when I... Yeah. The... Uh, 1980 Chargers, 89 Redskins, 95 Falcons, 04 Colts, and 08 Cardinals. Okay. So, so it hasn't happened, happened since 2008. 2008. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot, a lot, or not a lot of people, but some people had the A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard as a realistic one, and I think that's realistic too. 
Wait, so like real real quick trivia question here. I, I kind of agree with that as well. So Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden, obviously. Do you remember who the third wide receiver was on that 2008 Cardinals team to go for 1,000 yards? It wasn't like Michael Floyd or something like no, that. that was, was it? It, no, Michael, Michael Floyd was there he later. He was like way later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. What year? 2008. Can you give us a hint? <laughs> I forgot his name. I'll say that he went to Michigan and he was on the team that lost to the app state on the block field goal. That probably doesn't help. I don't think I remember that game, shocked. but I don't remember who was. Yeah. Steve Breston. Oh, do you I remember was, that? Oh, I, I, would, not, I don't that. even Never think mind. I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. I was like, who <laughs> no. was the third? I like, scrolled over. I was like, Oh man, I like vaguely remember that name. Um, I'd be curious if any listeners do. Yeah. So anyway, Brian, go ahead with your bold prediction. All right. So, yeah, I th- I think I think Nick Chubb is in for a monster season, especially with no Kareem Hunt in their offense now, and so it's basically him in their backfield. And even if their O line is, it's probably overrated. I still think it is one of the best in the league. And you know, just given how much Nick Chubb, how much they use him as a runner and not much of a pass catcher, uh, <laughs> this is this is probably going to be too crazy. But I'll say Nick Chubb. 2000 rushing yards yeah right. it's just that i, I, like I didn't want to say oh i'll say because if i said oh nick chubb leads the league in rushing yards he's the favorite to lead the league in rushing yards yeah. so that's not bold and then i thought about offensive player of the year but it's like you got to be a playoff team i i think i think for someone to win offensive player of the year you got to be on a team that's in the playoffs and i don't think that'll happen and i think it'll be very difficult for anyone to overtake justin jefferson for that award again and so i didn't want to pick that and so, yeah, I'll go with 2,000 rushing yards, which is pretty bold since I think it's only happened it's, like 10 times in the yeah, history say, of the league. Yeah, it's definitely bold. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league, and, you know, he yeah. should get more usage with, uh, you know, not having to share the load with Kareem Hunt. So. It's only happened eight times, and Derrick Henry times. did it just a few years ago. Okay. He, he gets an extra game. True. That, too. Yeah. He gets an extra game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's bold. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I like it. All right, so that'll wrap up the AFC North Divisional Preview. So, um, Cam, thanks for coming back and joining us. Glad we were able to get you on one of these uh, football (laughs) division preview series. I was a little nervous at times, but, you know, we did it. So, Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad we did it and went well. Yeah, I guess, do you want to give any last thoughts on the Texans this season, how you're feeling, what you're hoping for? I'm hoping that they finish better than the Browns. Okay. That Will Anderson is unbelievable. CJ Stroud is, you know, he doesn't, I think the expectations for CJ Stroud can be a little lower because they didn't give up ever, their entire livelihood for him. Um, but I do want CJ Stroud to be fantastic. But I think everything is really just, can I get glimpses of the future? Can I get glimpses of a future team that I can be happy to watch play football? Because last year I didn't even watch the Texans because it was horrible. There was nothing <laughs> yeah, to even not fun. take in and say, yeah, it was just not fun. I mean, Damian Pierce was the only thing that was good. Everything else was like, please get this out of the out of the country, let alone the team. Yeah. yeah. See, that's how I feel about the Texans this upcoming season where like they're not going to be good they're they're going to lose double digit games but can i see glimpses of the future and have some hope if i were a texans fan i i, th- I think that's what yeah you can see for them this season that's- yeah mm-hmm. seven wins would be an honor yeah exactly <laughs> like six or seven wins like if they were if they were uh, gonna get that yeah like, I, w- I would feel very hopeful Just, yeah. yeah yeah right just competitive enough yeah, now I, I yeah. definitely think that there's reasons to be excited about the Texans for the first time in a little while now. So that that at least yeah. is a good thing. Oh, yeah. D'Amico Ryan's and C.J. Stroud are such mm. a fresh air from, you know, a carousel of coaches and Davis Mills. It's just yeah, right. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I don't know if you have a strong take on this, but would you have preferred if they? <laughs> Did not win that game versus Indianapolis in Week 18 and got Bryce Young instead. Or do you I actually am happy with C.J. Stroud. The my reserves with them are, I think, you know, I don't think trading up for Will Anderson was a good move. I think they gave up way too much. 
and you had mm-hmm. guys like you had like Nolan Smith go at twenty or something. Twenty um, eight. Like twenty eight. Yeah, you had you had. Spots. Oh no, was it thirty? Yeah, 30. It, was, it was late yeah, first or early second. Yeah. Yeah. So you Eagles. just had spots where you could get really good pass rushers without giving up. They gave up so much. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my biggest issue. I actually like Stroud over Bryce Young. Um, I'm very happy they went with Stroud. And but yeah, I, I mean that was or they didn't have a choice <laughs> between yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But my disappointment, Young. my disappointment. But you actually was trading up. There's just too right. much. It is yeah. a lot. I mean, it's a I, risky I side move. With, so yeah, I side with the with Cam that and plenty others that I think they gave up too much. But who knows? Maybe Will Anderson will be a stud. Yeah, he I like probably the probably will be. He was he the be. number he was the highest rated rookie by PFF in the preseason. Um by a lot. He got like a 95 PFF rating. Um, yeah, I saw that. I, I mean, Dude. he was rated as a unbel- he was getting I saw him get double teamed in like his second preseason game. He was already being double teamed, which is that's wild. That just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. I know their pass rush is terrible, so that's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's a lot of respect for a guy that was drafted in April. Yeah. No, I, I do think he could be a star player. It is a lot giving up a future first-round pick, especially for a pass rusher instead of a quarterback. But he got the yep. quarterback already, so yep. wouldn't necessarily say that if they swapped the two picks. But yeah, It got D'Amico yeah. Ryan's off the ground running, I think. is I think yeah. that was the real reason they did that is – Yep, exactly. You couldn't no, have him go I, out there with, uh, like, I don't even Jerry Hughes. I think was their number one pass rusher <laughs> last year. <laughs> uh, need, needed someone to spark that team. I know. Try to be his new Absolutely. Nick Bosa. So, yep, yep. All right. Well, that'll do it for this one. So, once again, thank you, Cam, our guest host, and for our regular co-host Brian Wells. I'm Courtney Botney. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.